Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome back to the Iron Brew podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard and fast becoming a regular on the series this time for the podcast is Matt Holt. He's stepping in again for Matt Ellis, who has actually he's picked quite a week to miss, hasn't he? Because there's been an awful lot going on and we've got loads to discuss. Um, just before we get into things, I will congratulate Neil and Sandra on their wedding uh, earlier in the week. That was uh, great news, obviously, and we wish them all the best. And that might actually be all the positive news for this week, but because uh, let's be honest, there's not been an awful lot, has there? So let's go back to earlier on in the week and we're talking finance first and it was said that the Premier League had offered a £50 million rescue package to the EFL which would cover Leagues 1 and 2 and that this was rejected. I'll just read a few bits out from the article on BBC Sport uh, about this. Uh, basically saying the EFL said that any settlement must meet the requirements of all 72 clubs. The championship weren't involved in this particular bit and that the EFL is keen to uh, continue discussions with the Premier League to reach an agreeable solution that will address the short-term financial needs of all our clubs and allow us the ability to consider the long-term economic issues in parallel that specifically look to achieve a more sustainable EFL for the future. Um, So yeah, £50 million for League One and Two. I think I'm not entirely surprised that that was rejected. No, I think you're right. Um, I think it's it's quite a brave stance that the clubs have taken, really, to kind of reject this, um, sort of in solidarity with the with the championship clubs, because obviously they weren't involved, as you say, in in that kind of deal. Um, there's there's been all sorts floating around this week and, and last week, hasn't there, with the the project big picture, and then that was obviously swiftly yeah rejected by the Premier League clubs or the other Premier League clubs that um, wouldn't really have much say if if that went through. Um, so I can see why that was kind of turned down, even though some League One and Two clubs seemed quite for that, really. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's got to be um, something that works works for all clubs. I think the League One and Two sides are, are desperate for it. I think um, some of the Championship clubs might be able to get through um, a little bit further. You know, they're spent they're still spending quite a lot of money on transfers and things like that. So. Um, I think the need for for the money in in the lower leagues, you know, is getting to the point where it is desperate now. Um, so I think something will be done. Having heard Peter Swan, it, it does sound like um, he believes something will be done. But I, I just suppose um, it's it's when really, rather than if. I think. Yeah, I think um, it, it's, it's a real nice uh, feature to see that you know clubs and the leagues, specifically from Championship all the way down to you know League Two, are standing in solidarity amongst times of you know potential of clubs you know not of teams not having a club anymore. So it, it's it's nice that you know we've stood stood together as the EFL has won um, on that and rejected what it is you know where the Premier League and the EFL saying it, it's it's not enough for all of them. I think four one, uh, like you we keep saying about the League Two clubs, you know, and you always say you don't know about 
further down with League One clubs as well, that there'll be such a, a tight now time space between can we get through to the end of this week, can we get through to the end of this month. So as long as it comes within quickly, you know, and this this is, is resolved, it's been something which has been talking talking about throughout the whole pandemic. Um, as long as it's it's dealt with and we stand together as one, you know, to to get to ensure that all football clubs survive for, through this time, it, it'll be a positive thing come come the end of it. Right, let's move more specifically on to Scunthorpe United then. And following the incident uh, that became aware the last couple of weeks and the internal investigation by the club, uh, it was announced that Ryan Colclough has left the club by mutual consent and that the club would make no further comment. That's all it said in the statement. Uh, and again, like, like we said with the financial package earlier, I think this wasn't a surprise either, really, was it? I think this was the outcome that we were all probably expecting. And on the last couple of podcasts, we did say that we thought he'd played his final game for the club and that, that's definitely been the case now. Yeah, um, I think it was probably a case of whether it would, would be now or whether it would be after the trial, I suppose, and whether they wait to see the outcome of that. But they've obviously concluded their investigation and, and decided the best thing to do is, is move him on. Um, I don't think it was working for him here anyway, regardless of this. Um, he didn't quite fit. I know Peter Swan had been saying that he was, he was quite a, you know... <laughs> bit of a tricky character um you know difficult to deal with and i think moving forward if the club take anything out of this it's just maybe when when we're looking at signing players yes he's got a lot of talent and and yes on paper you'd think he could improve the side and and make us better and and be an adequate replacement for Dwayne Holmes at the time um but i think yeah if, if the club take anything out of this it's just to maybe look at the player's character a little bit more um, you know, I think I'm all for giving players a second chance if, if they've done something wrong, but it does seem, and we've discussed it on the, on the past couple of episodes, that trouble maybe seems to follow him around a little bit. And I, I just think that's something that the club need to bear in mind because we've had our fingers burnt a couple of times now with players, uh, I think Adam Hamill as well and, and Cole Clough, and we've paid a lot of money out for these players in, in wages and obviously transfer fee for Cole Clough, and we've got little back, little or no return really back. Um, so, you know, hopefully the, the club do bear that in mind moving forward. Um, I hope Kolkov gets gets himself sorted out because obviously he has got issues off the pitch and, um, you know, it's it, it'd be a massive shame because he has got the talent. It'd be a massive shame if um, this was kind of the end of his career. So hopefully he can bounce back from it. And I suppose a lot of, a lot depends on uh, the outcome of the trial next month. Yeah, I think it's it's just it's a real shame for, for Ryan. Like, like Matt just said there, when he, when he came in, we all thought we was getting a real... You know, ad- adequate, like you said, replacement um, for him. We, we paid a little bit of money for him. I imagine he was one of the highest earners on the club, coming from Wigan, of course, when they had that successful season, and he was so good getting them promoted back into the to the championship. It's it's just a real shame, you know. He's had these these off field problems because we know all of us, Scunthorpe fans and, and 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 fans of the club that have seen him, he's he's a fantastic player. And you know, if you can you get him on his day, he's he would be brilliant in this division, but. You know, silly things like that, you know, and it, it's ending up resulting him in losing his job and who knows, you know, with this trial and where he goes from there, really. And, and I can only echo what we say, really. We hope Ryan gets himself sorted out, he gets fixed up. But, um, but for Scunthorpe, it's, it's, it's a real disappointment and a, and a kick in the teeth, really, when, when we are down uh, there at the minute, so... So midweek there was a, a bit of a game, and this we were 
in two minds whether to discuss this or not, but I think we might as well, considering that it's the uh, the only win in sight, isn't it? It's the under-23 game, and they played Huddersfield under-23. So again, it's, you know, these fixtures are able to, you know, take place, and we got a 4-0 win. There were goals from Andy Dales, Devon Green, uh, Olamola got one, and Dunwall Turan got one. So four different scorers. We can have a word about that. We are going to, of course, come on to transfers and the transfer window in a second, but obviously there wasn't many outgoings. There was one, wasn't there? as I say, we'll come on to that in a second. So we have got a very large squad. You know, we've retained that large squad. It's these under-23 games. You know, I think they're going to be quite important, really, aren't they? In terms of match fitness, keeping people relatively happy at the club, because we've got a lot of bodies and a lot of people to keep happy now. We have, and you look at it and you think we could actually do with maybe two or three more. Um on free transfers and things like that, which I'm sure we'll discuss. But yeah, I think it's it's going to be key that we get these games in. Um, I was kind of hoping to see Jordan Clark. It's been you know he's been muted. He needs a game and he needs he needs maybe an under 23 game just to see how he goes. And um, it was obviously disappointing that that he didn't get a run out. Maybe another setback. I don't know. Maybe not quite ready. Um, but I think the sooner we can get him back, the better. Um, whether he's going to be able to give us much in terms of appearances I'm not too sure but I think you know we definitely need him in and around the squad given some of the defending again at at the weekend I think he'd he'd be a big boost Um, but yeah in terms of obviously uh, players scoring goals I think it's it's good to see Olamola back Um, you know that's what he does doesn't he He scores goals in under 23 games and I think we need to see him in the first team I think it's it's about time he's, he's got a chance obviously he wasn't quite ready at the weekend but um, yeah, that'll do him some good, uh, getting a goal. And I think now he, he's just got to kind of make that step from under-23s, where he's been prolific, really, if, if you think about it, um, since he came in and obviously went out on loan and scored a few goals at Carlisle. But yeah, I just think um, it's maybe time to see what he can do in the first team, given the other options and not quite doing it at the moment. Um, obviously, good to see Turan score as well. Um but yeah, I mean, it's there's not a lot you can you can take from these games really because the team had completely changed for the weekend. Not many of those um, that that performed were were in and around that that side, if any. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot you can you can take from it other than getting a bit of match fitness and then um, getting a few nearer to to breaking into that first team. Yeah, did I did I see on social media that it was quite a youthful looking Huddersfield side, wasn't it? Was it maybe like they're under 18s or something? Like that, I yeah. don't know if that was. It's yeah. listed as they're under twenty threes, but yeah, you, you but, never yeah. know, really, do you? Yeah, so yeah, so in that sense, you know, some of those players that have you know played football maybe have we had a little bit more, which is a surprise to say this season than uh, a youthful looking uh, Huddersfield setup in, in that. But um, yeah, it, it's good to get some of those players, you know, that are not necessarily getting into Cox's team or in his plans at the moment, and you know, Will Cox is you know trying to jumble and. Uh, and, and play these plays, you know, to get them out there, get them a little bit sharper and whatnot. Because with COVID and like I remember Cox saying, it's it's hard to get these games on at the moment. We've had quite a lot of cancellations, haven't we, locally um, within those leagues? So it's yeah, and and, and goals wise, you know, there were some from the highlights. Looks to be some nice moves and some nice goals. But then again, it's an under twenty three game, isn't it? You know, we take we take from it what it is, uh, what it is, and what, what what we can really. It's the use of fitness. They don't really mean much in that sense what we are now but it's um yeah it was positive for what it is and on the whole really 
We talk about getting into the team and players there. We obviously expected a few to go out on loan. Uh, there was only one that did that. It was Kelsey Mooney. And I think of all the new signings that we did bring into the club over the summer, he was the o- only one that hasn't featured in the squad, uh, you know, hasn't had any minutes, things like that. Um, he's gone on loan to Hereford for an initial month. I think he was there last season. Um, I don't know, a little, little bit of an odd one bringing him in, actually, it seems at the minute, because like I say, he's the only one that's not really featured in any capacity at the minute. Yeah, I think that probably maybe sums up what Cox thinks about him. Maybe he's not quite ready to to be in and around that squad. Um, and I think that's what you get when you've you've got players been brought in before the manager arrives. And obviously there was there was five brought in. Was it the day before? A couple of days before Cox um, joined the club, and he's obviously he's given them a lot of time now as well because obviously he, he wanted to be fair to um, the players. He wanted to give them all a chance, and I think he's given them. Uh, plenty of time they've left it late to try and get players out on loan um, and he obviously doesn't fancy him so um, yeah I think that's that's one of the things you're going to get when you don't let the manager pick the players or or even consult um, whether it would be a player the manager would would like to be brought into the club Um, and yeah he he wasn't around like you say he wasn't around that first team set up wasn't really even making the bench Um, I know I think he got a goal in one of the friendlies didn't he but um, yeah, he's been he's been kind of the forgotten man. So no surprise to see him go out and loan. And and thankfully there's a there was a taker for him because obviously we do need to trim the squad down. Um, that's not going to happen now until until January, which makes it very difficult because it, as you say, it's it's a really inflated, overinflated squad. And and as I said a couple of minutes ago, I think everyone's just praying we can get maybe two or three more experienced players in. Um, you know, scouring that free transfer market, see what's available to try and improve us and try and help some of the young lads out because I think it's going to be a very long run up until Christmas and, and the new year if we don't manage to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, obviously today, as we're recording this on the Sunday, we have brought in Junior Brown and we'll go on to that in a minute because actually I do think that's a really good bit of business actually. But we'll, like I say, we'll come on to that. But I just want to look at them comments from, I think from Neil Cox in his post-match interview after the Cambridge game yesterday. Um, well, obviously, this was deadline day, wasn't it, for Leagues 1 and 2? And it was pretty quiet all day, but for that, you know, Mooney going out on loan. And yeah, he just indicated that they were looking to get experience in and that, uh, you know, they, they were there all day. They were trying to do it. They were just, it was, you know, they're ticking along, but the prices kept going up and up and basically we just couldn't afford it. And it's, I don't know, it's it's just that thing again, isn't it, where it's on deadline day and it's like, why why is it being left so late? I just think it's us as a club at the moment just sums us up. Look, it's, it's come to deadline day. We, Cox is not happy with, with what he's got, whether or not that's not his fault from the summer. Obviously, like Matt's just touched on there, he, he's not had um, a full chance to bring in exactly what he wants into this squad and, and, and come through. Um, he's, he's had those signings that he's, that he's arrived and, oh, right, he's been given five or six bodies that therefore he has to work with. You know, and it's it's real disappointment that it seems like we've gone. Oh, we'll hit the big red panic button and go searching for the market on the day of when the deadline is. You know, we, we, we've had extended amounts of time this summer. You know, to to look at people, to to go through and say, right, okay, we need to offload him. We need to bring him in this areas. And even us watching it across the start of this season, it's it's obvious for us fans looking on and watching where you know where we need to improve and, and the, the, the switch, what we need to do if, if it's not working in the game and can we fulfil the players which play in the, 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 for, the formation we need to switch to or whatnot, whether that be a four, whether that us being, you know, a five even sometimes, you know, with, with full-backs or whatnot, not even full-backs, other areas. It's just, 
it's disappointing to know that we, we, we go into the market this late and uh, trying to panic and, and, you know, do business. And no wonder clubs have got it on, you know, maybe we're looking at players, you know, that are, all right, we're, we're solidified going into to the last day of the market. We'll put the player up an, an extra little bit, even if they want to offload them. They're trying to get the best deal what it is. That's, that serves us right for, for going in so late. You know, it's, it just screams of, again, us being so poor with, within this decision-making, which seems to run through the club and, and has done for a while now. So it's, it's another disappointing thing, really. I mean, the way I saw it, when the, the way I kind of, um, what I took from that interview was that we should be impressed that, that Cox and Swan were sat there until, you know, the deadline trying to get a deal done. But um, I think, I think uh, Mark, you, you've summed it up perfectly. You know, we've had the longest summer ever um, to get players in to kind of weigh up what we need for the season. Yes, I understand we needed to go down a more youthful route. Um, I think all fans understood that. But the caveat to that was that we get some experience in to help them along. Um, you look at all the teams we've, we've kind of played so far who were up and around the top of the table. I mean, Cambridge, for example, yeah, they've got a lot of young lads. They've got quite a lot of talented lads in there. But they've got three or four experienced players um, throughout the side that have played a lot of games at this level um, or even conference level, but they've got a lot of games under the belt. And they just help the young lads through. And you see it with Forrest Green, with, you know, Jamil Matz and, and players like that who have been there and done it at this level. And unfortunately, at the moment, the players that we've got that kind of fit that bracket are all out injured. Again, with, with Clark, we all kind of saw it coming. Um, although he's a great player on his day, we knew he was going to be out for the for a lot of the season. It's just, that's just, that's just a fact, unfortunately. And it's, it's a shame for him because he's, he's a good player and he's, he's a nice lad. He, he comes across really well in the press and things like that. But again, I think there's, there's quite a lot of sentiment involved in offering him that contract. And I just think it's, it's taken a place of someone that, you know, someone else, we could go out and, and try and sign someone else for that position. And it's left us short at the end of the day. And I think you look at, we've, we've spoken about Mooney, but again, that's another player that, that we're paying and that's taking up a place in the squad. Um, and everyone knows it's a smaller budget this season, but all clubs are working on a smaller budget. All clubs are working on the salary cap or within that salary cap. And other clubs have managed to put together a decent squad um, with a few experienced players to help the youngsters. And I think, you know, I think it was a massive oversight not to do that in, in the summer. And now we're playing catch-up and now we're looking at kind of the basement, sorry, the bargain bin, um, desperately trying to find someone to to kind of come in and and help out and Junior Brown will will do that. Um, he's a good player and I think that's that's a positive step. But Junior Brown is not going to sort it on his own. I think we've we've still got to get Magai back. I think we've still got to get Kev back. But you're looking at maybe two, three, four weeks, maybe maybe more for Kev um, before we can get him in, into the side. And I just think by then we've already spoken about this run of games. Um, we already kind of saw this come in. We already predicted it that, but by the end of this run of games, we could be at the foot of the table. And you know, if we carry on like we are doing, we are going to be because we're getting battered every week by four or five, and I think thirteen goals in in the past or fourteen goals or whatever it is in the past three home games is is an absolute disgrace. Um, and I think the book, to be honest, um, for this has to stop with with Peter Swan, uh, and I think they're going to be desperately now trying to put put right what was wrong in the summer um, and, you know, trying to kind of maybe find a couple of experienced players that, that can just help us and, and get us through to that January window when we can reassess it. But um, the most disappointing thing is other clubs have managed, you know, with the budget, um, with the salary cap and they've put together a decent squad. So there's no reason why we couldn't have done that. And it's just a massive shame we haven't done.
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's like Matt said earlier, you know, people can see where the problem is. You know, we've been saying it week in, week out, and that's not just us on here. It's everybody, isn't it? You know, you can see where we're weak in the team and where we need improvements. And it is frustrating that now we're into free agent territory with the window being shut to, you know, seemingly address it. And yes, like Junior Brown, I think I, I would have actually signed him in the summer. I think he's brilliant. I think last season he was, you know, one of the better players. I know there wasn't many, but I thought he genuinely looked a good player. I know he struggled a bit with injury, hasn't he, over the summer and not having a club. Um, but if he's fit, he will, yeah, he will definitely help. And it is a good positive step going forward. And like you say, though, Matt, it, he can't do it on his own, you know, and equally we can't expect him to do it just because even if he starts the next game, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to turn this around. Um, how much do you think the signing of Brown today is reactionary do you think he was someone we were looking at bringing in and maybe something like Colclough going has freed up a little bit of money or do you think it was a case of right we've lost 5-0 to Cambridge like you say we've conceded 13 goals in the last three games which yeah completely right that is a disgrace do you think the pennies finally dropped and they're going right actually yeah we need a defender in let's go get him today or do you think this is something that was planned you know uh, maybe not weeks back, but even as far back as like last week. I think you, you're probably right there um, in, Brad, in in what you're saying that we probably did look at him throughout the summer. I can't see that us as a club when we're struggling with, at fullbacks, like we've just touched on there. Everybody's screaming out that you know, fair play to to Mason O'Malley and, and George Hornshaw that are fill, filling in in these positions. You know, we, we've got injuries at the moment, but. If these young lads, you know, that have not played a lot of league football, they haven't got somebody necessarily on that pitch or somebody that's done it before them in these positions, in these sorts of divisions that are going to tell them what they need to do, how they need to do it, how they need to improve the game. You know, I just think Brown, it's, it's a solid signing. We saw what we got with him last time. He's, he's a hard tackler. He gets forward well. He's a good passer of the ball. It, I don't know whether, it's hard to say whether it was reactionary to yesterday. You would like to think as a fan looking onto it, it wasn't and this was something panned, but it just screams desperation again, doesn't it? We've been battered again at home. You know, we've been torn apart um, really, really poorly and defensively, shocking-wise. You know, how many of them goals yesterday came from, you know, a, a cross into the box, which, you know, should have been dealt with there and then, you know, a tackle comes in or, you know, we, we stop that. You know, as as and where the position, you know, it's it's an experience where someone, you know, the know-how of how to carry that position. And whether, like we say, we'll cut Hornshaw some slack there and say that it's not his natural position. He's, he's, he's filling in somewhere where, where it isn't, where he's not so familiar and he's, he's not played a lot of football before. We get that. That's that's completely fine. But it's just really disappointing that it's got to this point where the, the window's gone. We've had all this opportunity. And now, you know, Browns, it's a great sign-in, but it's the Clark thing for me, you know, everybody was saying that it's, oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic that we've got him back. He's, oh look, he's, he's taken a, a pay cut to come into this club. He's, he's done this. It isn't, but you look at Jordan Clark, we, what did we get? Maybe one good season out of him when we were, we were challenging to go into to the championship that season. And, and, and every other time he, he, we spent on the injury table, you know, we, we haven't seen much of him. So for me, it screamed, okay, yeah, we know there's a good player in there. Okay. We, we've seen that. And we understand that as, as a club and, it's maybe not worked out for him like other players. So we, we move him on, but we've gone back into it. And I just think that was, was that maybe a bit of a, a desperation move that, okay, we didn't have anybody lined up experience wise, or we could see anybody that was experienced moving forward that, that we could go for. It's, I, I, 
I can't really add it up really. You know, it, our transfer business, it, it boggles me. I know, I know why we keep saying we're going for this, this useful direction and, it, it, you know, we're a changing club now. We've got to go about things differently, but just, I just think we, we could just go about things so much better and we've had time to do it this summer. And even though now, you know, we've got Brown in it, it it does reek of desperation, doesn't it? A little bit, you know, after we've just been battered and so many goals have gone in at home in, in that short space of time, really. It does, but I, I equally I am quite glad he is here because, like I say, I would have had him off the back of last season straight away. Um, the point you bring up there actually about the experience is worth mentioning because obviously you know we've been crying out for it all season and we've been saying it every week, isn't it? Now obviously Junior Brown will add a bit of that. I think is he thirty one? I think isn't he? And you know you look at the statement that well supposedly he said hasn't he as he joins the club, but it's like experience every other word, isn't it? It's like I you know I'll bring it on the t- pitch, I'll bring it off the pitch. It's it's like literally a checklist of what Scunthorpe fans need to hear right now, isn't it? But so, um, you know, that that's that's neither here nor there. But I do think he will bring it. I do think he will bring it. And I think he will offer that in the back room as well. Because, I mean, Neil Cox was saying, wasn't he, um, about experienced players. In, I think it was the post-match interview as well, that um, you have to be careful just bringing in, you know, a senior pro. Because at the minute, they're just yell at the you know they just yell at the young ones because it's not going right and I, that, I mean that was an odd comment but I think I do think Brown will you know work that dressing room quite nicely because I do from the interviews that you've seen from last season I got the impression that he is quite a level head and that he, he will have that sort of responsible edge to him yeah I think you're right um, and I completely agree I'd have got this done six weeks ago maybe more you know we we saw his qualities last season um confident on the ball, he can actually defend and, and decent going forward as well. Um, yes, he had his injury issues um, and, and that's maybe played a little part in the club deciding that he's maybe not worth a deal at his age. Um, but now, you know, he's had no pre-season. Um, all right, he's probably been doing little bits, keeping fit just in case something came up. But judging by his interview, he wasn't, he wasn't convinced that he'd be getting a deal anywhere given this, the current situation and clubs aren't really dishing contracts out like they maybe were a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, he's probably not fit. He's playing catch-up again. And I think that's, the, that's kind of one of the problems with looking in the free agent market. I think there's a reason why no one's picked them up either injury problems in the past or, or maybe, you know, just past it really. And so we've got to be very careful when we're kind of looking at who else we can bring in. I don't think it's just that um, they need to fit in the group and, and maybe not shout at the young lads. Um, because, uh, I mean, that worried me as well when, when Cox was talking about that yesterday, saying they can't take the criticism and um, that maybe a senior pro would, would upset some of them. It's just, I mean, again, um, have we signed the right kind of, player the right kind of mentality of player I'm, I'm not sure if, if that's the case if, if it can't take a little bit of criticism but um, going back to Brown yeah I, th- I think you're right I think he's, he's probably the right one of the, kind of the right sort of character to bring in um, but again we, we're just playing catch up and I think all this could have been rectified in the summer and it's it's just it's so poor that it, that it wasn't really right let's go on to Cambridge then shall we um, and again there's an awful lot to go through, isn't there? Shall we start with? Let's start with the lineup and the fact that there was quite a few changes, wasn't? There? I think there was four changes from the last game. Um, not unexpected to say that you know we lost that one four-one, but Honoré gets in, Lofts in, Hippolyte's back in, and McAtee gets a start. And you know, obviously, some of them are, are players with quite a bit to prove, and obviously they didn't do that. 
looking at the, the lineup when I saw it at, at, at two o'clock yesterday, I was quite excited to see McAtee with two strikers uh, up ahead of him in uh, in, in Lofton Jarvis. You know, it was I was thinking, all oh, right, you know, Cambridge have made a good start to this season. You know, they're scoring a lot of goals and, and up there at the top of, top of the, the league. So to ha- for us, you know, not just just sit back in our own and and want to invite them onto us, I felt like with the formation that we were playing with wide players and also with you know McAtee a little bit of spark a bit bit of creativity we've, we've lost in Jarvis we've been saying haven't we for weeks that Loft he looks a great player and we've seen you know a little bits of him here and there but he needed some support and it seemed like Cox was maybe he was seeing that yesterday he thought oh, okay we'll, we'll put we'll put two up there you know see what he can get from it Jarvis is a, a fairly tall lad as well you know he could win those knockdowns and, and play it in in between the three of them so um I was I was I have to admit I was I was quite happy with the lineup yesterday, you know, on, on our eyes they were coming in, you know, we've heard great things about him. It was nice to see him finally finally get a start and uh Isa would have been the only one that I would like to have seen from the start, you know, hindsight now, you know obviously that would have been, you know, a little bit of improvement on uh, on, on Hippolyte, you know. But um, Well that's not even hindsight, is it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well uh, yeah, I, I, I would have been lying if I wasn't saying it. it looked like a good a good setup for us to go with from from what we've seen before. You know, I understand again. He's he's still he's he's trying people out. You know, he's trying to see what works best for us. So yeah, I was behind it, and you know, I, I hate to say it, I was I was slightly confident we could maybe get something from from the game, even if that was a point. But well, I tell you, off the back of that, actually, I I will I will say this actually up until about probably just after the first goal which, you know, however long that was in the game. I, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I think that was probably the match that I've enjoyed the most up to that point. Because I think there was a, something about it. You know, uh, Cambridge looked decent. They were sort of going forward. We, we were doing a bit. We were creating a few more, maybe more clear-cut chances than we have done recently. I know Jarvis obviously had, had one. I think it was Corden, wasn't it? Sent that great ball across to him. He controlled yeah. it really nicely, but then just skied it, didn't he? And it, it should have at least hit the target from there. But yeah, until about that penalty... Actually, you know, I could see you were trying to do some stuff. We were trying to play in a relatively decent way. And actually, for the most part, I was enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I think Jarvis had two opportunities, didn't he? I think the one where he was sort of clean through with no one round him. Um, he just didn't realise how much time he had. And in the end, I think that's just a lack of confidence. Um, I think if if you get Kev in that position, that's, that's a goal or he at least yeah. works the keeper. Why try and pull that back I've, I've no idea because that ball just wasn't on um, so I think yeah that was that was poor and then as you say with that ball from Cordner I think he did the hard part I think it was a great first touch um, just just couldn't get it on target and I think that's that's the difference really between the sides um, they obviously got the penalty and once they scored that penalty I think it, it was game over and Again, I think the saddest thing about it, I mean, regardless of the lineup and, and whether we thought when we saw the lineup, you know, that's, that's probably one of the better teams we could put out. Um, you know, I saw the defeat coming a mile off. I, I just thought, you know, it was going to be really difficult after the Forest Green game. And again, I, I saw goals. And as soon as obviously that penalty, the first penalty went in, you worry and you think, you know, we've got to keep it tight, otherwise the floodgate floodgates will open and, and that's what they did. And I think um it's again, if we'd have got one of those chances early on, if Jarvis could have put one of those away, we might be talking about a slightly different game. Um but I think the problem is with, with this side and I think Neil Cox touched on it. I think I think the week um, you know, in all aspects of, of the game really. I think I think physically, I think we've been bullied at times and I think mentally, as soon as we go behind, I think it's it's basically curtains for us and that's a worry 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think you look at, even in between the first goal and the the second goal, the two penalties, you're right about the floodgates. I mean, because Cambridge just sort of stepped up a little bit in between the first two, didn't they? They they had quite a few chances where they were going forward. And, you know, I think I agree with what Neil Cox said, actually, in his interview as well. Every time they went forward in the game, they just looked like scoring. Yeah, it was was every set piece and every ball into the box and, and every time they flooded forward, you know, like you've just said there, I, I felt the first 10, 15, 20, whatever minutes, you know, we, we were in the game, like you said, Brad, it, it was quite a good game to watch, wasn't it? It was back and forth, you know, he was thinking, oh, are we going to, you know, go in front and, and force something for them in here and make a good game of it? And once that, that first one went in, it it, it was, it, it's just, again, it's these these lapses in concentration or like Tom Newey kept saying on, on BBC Radio Homicide, it's that, you know, that, that now in, in this division of, okay, knocking these mistakes and, and go again. But just once once one went in, it, it was it was never going to be any different, was it? When I don't even think, you know, we, we got up there or got up to challenge it within it. it the, the youth in the players, you know, the, the heads go down. Like he kept saying, people started walking around the pitch. It's just, it's not what you expect from you watching your team and wanting to pull on that shirt and, and put it on with a bit of pride, you know, and... It, it's just it was really saddening and disappointing to, to watch the demise of, of, of the side yesterday you know a side that we, you know over the years we, we've really enjoyed watching and it just felt like a, a fall from grace and a real kick in the teeth to where where we are now this season individual mistakes you know players you know not not playing for that shirt you know wanting to play for something like that we were sort of promised you know when we saw um, Matt Lillis coming um, this summer saying, you know, I want to install that within these these young players. I want I want them to, to put on that shirt with, with a bit of pride, you know, and understand what it means to these people in this town. And I just didn't see that yesterday. And, you know, from people in, in and around school, probably, it was really, really, you know, sad to see our team play like that. Disappointing, really disappointing, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, the other thing, obviously, we were promised sort of attacking football, exciting football, pace, and I think obviously Peter Swan when he when he came on this podcast, he said all those things, and and he hoped. To, well, he actually um, said that these kind of young players would give us that, and it'd be a lot more exciting to watch than previous years. Um, but I think you're right. I think that's the most worrying thing that a lot of them, well. Maybe half of the players yesterday, for me, just didn't didn't care. There's just no pride, um, especially when we go a couple behind, the heads go, and and it was just yeah, just strolling around, not getting back to defend, and finger pointing. Finger pointing. Mm. That was it. Every, every goal, they're just kind of yeah, finger pointing, shaking their heads, and and there's a couple. I think there are a couple that that genuinely do care. I think Gilead's one. I think I think uh, Bido is another. I think he's he's been kind of. Um, at fault for a few things uh, obviously gave away a penalty yesterday but um, you know I think he does care but there's there's a couple um, you know three or four in that side yesterday that, that just there was just no effort and uh, I think that's kind of the bare minimum we expect and, and Neil Cox promised that and, and Matt Lilly said that's what he's hoping to do um, and we've just not seen well I think we have seen it in in kind of the the opening couple of games and I think we saw a side trying to play some decent football at times without really creating anything but the last three games obviously the, the Man City where we were completely outclassed and then and then the two since where I think I think you can say the same Forest Green and, and Cambridge um, were the winners um, and actually both games could have been could have been more I think yesterday could have been double figures 
you know, no, no team should kind of throw in the towel like that. And I think too many of ours did yesterday. And I just worry now. Cox obviously came out and, and after the game, he's saying that he's let him have it again. And that's that's not the first time, you know, that's happened a couple of occasions this, this season already. We're only, I don't know, seven, seven games in, something like that in all competitions. Um, and they don't seem to be able to take the criticism and, and they don't really... There seems, again, like you say, Brad, finger-pointing and, and blaming each other. Um, there's probably no experience in there, no kind of um, old heads to, to kind of, I don't know, just, just help them out a little bit and, and help them through a tough period. And I think it's only going to be a matter of time, if they haven't already, that the, the players just kind of down tools for, for Cox because, you know, if they don't like being shouted at and they don't like uh, being told when, when they're wrong and, and been told that they've got to improve, then... Um, you know, we, we've seen it many times where players kind of, um, at the end of the day, if, if they down tools and, and they're not playing for the manager, there's, there's only one kind of outcome. Um, and yeah, it, it's worrying. It's worrying that we've gone from a team trying to play some, some decent football. And actually, you go back to the, the Carlisle game where I think the effort was there. You know, I think it was it was a fantastic um, battling performance. Not the best performance um, in terms of creating much but you know we we hung on to that um that goal and um in the end you know that gave me a little bit of hope that this side could maybe um pick up a few wins and and that desire was there to to do well for the shirt but unfortunately the last couple of games I just don't see it and uh, I think it's it's one of those as well there's there's players that obviously don't want to be here um McAtee for me is one I think he was either way off the pace yesterday early on or or just not interested I think I mean I said it to you boys earlier on I thought he was Cambridge's best player for the first 20 minutes and yep. you know, he gave everything away he was, he was sloppy in possession you know he wasn't the only one but it doesn't help when you've got a player that thought that he would be somewhere else this season and I think Issa is another one um, you know maybe maybe causing a few issues behind the scenes and maybe not causing issues but you know if they, if they don't want to be here then um, I think it, it would cause issues amongst the rest of the players so um, yeah it's it's worrying um, and I just worry that that effort's kind of we've seen in the last couple of weeks we've gone from a lot of effort to to not much and um, we've got a really tough schedule coming up and if we're not putting the effort in and and we're not fighting for for the three points and and fighting to um, yeah I suppose yesterday keep the score down that was that was you know, damage limitation and we didn't even manage that so um, yeah that's that's the worrying thing for me. Right, shall we look at the goals then? Because obviously there's enough of them, so we better get on to it. Um, the first one, as we say, is a penalty. It's it's in the box. I, I guess it's the Gilead thing. I mean, it's not entirely clear what's been given. Uh, there's probably a little bit of contact from Gilead on this player, but it's it's soft. And and from where the cameraman is and he's sort of zooming on the shot at the time, it's not entirely clear what went on. Um, I think the thing to point out, though, is that there was no major protest from our players against it was there. I think there was a bit of an acceptance that something had happened. Uh, nobody was sort of really running up to the ref at the, for the first one anyway. So, you know, there is that. It did look soft, but, uh, you know, honestly, he puts it away, but it, it's right down the middle, which I always think is disappointing from a, a penalty. Yeah, I think it's it's just, it's clumsy defending, isn't it? You know, it's 
we're at sixes and sevens. Who's who's picking up who? Who who's your man? Where are you supposed to be? And the the ball just comes in and it, it's bundled, isn't it? We, like we said, we've just said we, we we don't know who exactly it is. Whether it's Gilead that, that makes the foul, but <laughs> nobody seems to appeal it. it. It's it's there. It's on the penalty spot, and you know straight down the middle, and <laughs> and that's it. And, and then from there, the game's ever turned since there, hasn't it? And it it's just so disappointing that we've seen so many of these so early on this season. You know, you kind of hope that a couple of these will, will go for us, you know, and a, a mistake or, or, you know, an individual error that leads to a goal and, and, and we can and can sprout something for it. But it just seems at the moment, it's, I keep referring to and what Tom Newey was saying on BBC Homeside, we, we have to cut these out and, and whether we do or whether we are going to, it's just, it seems to be just being a O2 similar occurrence and, and that first one just, just emulates that exactly, doesn't it? I think you're right on the um, appealing for it as well. Obviously, their, their players were appealing for it, screaming for the penalty and, and that's what we're missing. We're missing someone in the ref's ear, I think, at times. And um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, that, that, was, that was a difference. Obviously, they appealed for the two penalties and the red card as well. You know, I don't like to see players marching over to the ref, uh, brandishing a, a card sort of thing. But um, I think they kind of played a part in that that second booking for Hippolyte. So, um, yeah, that's that's the difference. They wanted it. They wanted the penalty. Um, I think there's minimal contact for that one. I think of the two, that was the one I wasn't wasn't too sure on. But yeah, he's given it, and I think you know, straight down the middle, could Watson kind of do better with that I don't know it's difficult to say but I think the second one definitely um, he's put it down the middle once to do it again and, and to score an identical penalties um, yeah a bit a bit of a shame really yeah you're right the penalty on the second one it's the exact same way he hits it. it's just straight down the middle again um, we'll go on to that second penalty actually as we say after the first one Cambridge looked like they were going to score again that's where as we were saying earlier it looks like the floodgates were going to open and you know yeah they sort of did but let's let's look at the build up to the second penalty because I think for me it starts with Hippolyte um, he realistically he should just get rid of it I'm not entirely sure why he cuts back and you know and then it's into the box I think yeah this one is a penalty again it looks a bit soft because Badeau slightly catches him but actually if you look at it when it comes into the box straight away you know he's got his arms wrapped around him as well for a little bit of it so if the player goes down even before he does you'd think yeah that's probably a penalty so I, I yeah like you Matt I think the first one was a bit soft but I don't really have any problems with this one being given as a penalty but yeah for me it's it's that Hippolyte moment that's the more concerning bit of this point yeah I mean I, I just don't rate him at all I don't know what he offers um I've seen enough of him now in in the past few games um you know, going forward, I thought he'd, he'd be quite exciting to watch, looking at maybe the YouTube clips and, and things like that. I mean, they must be the ones that, that Peter Swan's been watching when he signed him. Um, but I think, I think, um, yeah, he's offered very little. And again, yesterday, I think he, he made eight passes in, um, in sort of 55 minutes before he was sent off. So that kind of shows his involvement, really. And, and one of those, uh, that attempted clearance, uh, unfortunately, really poor. And you know it's it's led to the goal. It's led to the penalty. And I think that's that's one of the only positives from yesterday is that he won't be available for Tuesday, and and we're going to have to play someone else. He seems to be one of the first names on the team sheet when he's fit, and and he's I just don't see what he offers. So uh, yeah, I think um, unless he improves dramatically, I think I think we can put that one down as a as a poor signing. You, you hate to write and, and somebody off when you know they've come into this club. You know 
that they've made a step up to this division. But yeah, I fully agree with Matt on that one. I tweeted yesterday and say that he's he's not up to this level, and and I, I don't really think he is. You know, he, he doesn't give us anything going forward defensively. There, he's shown his his frailty playing in, in a win back yesterday. It's just. I don't know why it's baffling to me that he he seems to go past the man or get a yard where he can clip the ball, you know, down the line. And even if we don't, nothing comes of it. We can, you know, refresh, you know, just get back into shape and 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 maybe counter from the or go from Cambridge's wave if it comes again. Why he decides to turn, you know, towards its goal and try and you know, I don't know what pass or who he's seen there with his with his with his right foot and clip that and and, and Badeau, you know, it, it's all happened so quickly and he's brought him down, you know, like like you mentioned, Brad, you know, he, he, the first little move there, isn't it, where he's, he seems to have his arms round, uh, is it Mullin that he fouls, um, round his, his front and then he brings him down there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, I don't I don't think he's, he's up to this level, unfortunately. And you hate to say that, like I've just said about a player, but yeah, we'll 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 write that one off, and we'll, we'll hopefully Issa gets some game time, and even if he can, you know, spur us on and give us some of those performances that we we know he can deep down. We know he's a fantastic player, um, and 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 pushes forward a little bit more. Maybe it's a a decision that will work in our favour. Hopefully, right. Let's go on to the next one then, and I think this one's after half time, isn't it? And it's just it's just one of them ones where you just you can't really believe it's gone in. It's edge of the box. And yeah, it is a cross, isn't it? It's just a cross that just floats past everybody and just ends up in the bottom corner. And you just, you just think like, where's the reaction to this? Who's, you know, I know Gilead's, I think it's Gilead, isn't it? He's trying to get, he's on the player anyway, trying to stop that cross in. I think it's, he's a nice ball in, but it just goes through everybody and it just goes in. And it's just one of them goals that you just think, you know, how, how are we doing this all the time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the first time we've seen goals like this where we, we're questioning how on earth it's gone in. Um, it's been numerous occasions. Um, again, for me, whether it's got a touch, I'm not sure. It's difficult to tell from that camera angle, but whether it's maybe kind of clipped corner on the way through, I'm not sure. But for me, Watson's got to do far better with that. I mean, it's it's coming straight across him. Um, he I don't stood on the it, post, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. I just I think it's it's an error from the keeper, um, and yeah, we just can't keep conceding goals like that. It's just so poor. Um, I think maybe obviously the the initial clearance from Corden is not great, but I think he's doing his best just to get anything on the ball. And yeah, he's come back out to the man, and I think Gilly, as you say, tried to track him, can't stop the cross, and and it's gone all the way through and into the net. And and you know you do see him from time to time. You see these things happening, but it just happens one too many times to be kind of you know yeah it's just happened one too many times and uh, it's just poor defending and, and really poor goalkeeping well I've got to say at that point even before the red card that was the moment where I'd written off the game you know it wasn't just because I thought you know like oh, we're not going to get three goals which obviously we weren't we we just aren't scoring this season but it's just like you know the players the attitudes at that point in the game I just thought right that's it it's gone now completely and I think they think that as well yeah I think it's just it, it was dejection set in there didn't it and you know I think we could obviously see that maybe all right, two goals. You know, it's it's something to go off of, and the, the red card and, and the third comes, and you know, and, and and like we were saying, that the floodgates opened a little bit from there. It's just disappointing for for us to lose by this many to, you know, to be bad once again, and and you feel like some of these things, you know, are we not working on these, you know, 
tracking your man or, or, or getting a tackle in. And even if we, you know, we foul up there and it doesn't get into this position, it's just, it's, it's like we've, we've been talking, haven't we? It's just this experience and this know-how in this division of, 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 of game management, you know, letting him run that far and, and, and the ball ends up in the back of the net from, from where it is. It's just, it's disappointing and saddening to watch that the defence give up, everybody give up, like Mike, we said, the, the, the finger pointing of, oh, it should be your man, it, you should be tracking this. It, it's a team, isn't it, at the end of the day? And, and no, we've got nobody to carry us through or, or anything like that. It's really, really sad. And, and, and I agree with you, Brad, from there, it was, it was always going to carry on, wasn't it? And, and, and go downhill from there even further, and it did, so... Well, I think the worst thing about it for me as well is, and I don't know if it's because it was Hippolyte or if it's because of how Cambridge were playing or like we're just saying there, it's because I feel like they had already stopped. But after Hippolyte gets sent off here, we can have a chat about that in a minute. I I do think it is a yellow card actually for the second one, certainly. Um, But I just think I didn't really notice any difference from us from when we had 11 men to when we had 10 men, it seemed exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, that, that, Tom, Newey, Tom Newey did mention that, you know, in games he'd played, when you're playing against 10 men, it's generally a little bit, a little bit harder um, because the 10 men work a little bit harder and, and make it difficult. But yeah, I think you're right. It was just more of the same. Um, and on, on another day, Cambridge, I think they could have scored double figures, you know. Uh, well, they hit they had- the bar. Yeah, they had some great opportunities. Obviously, hit the bar. They had a couple that flashed across the face of the goal that were, were just begging to be tapped in. I think there was one or two actually in the before they even scored one that really you'd have wanted them to go in. You'd, I think there was one where I texted you quite early on that I think I just didn't know how we'd missed it. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah, again, it, it could have easily been seven or eight, maybe even more. And that's yeah, that's the worrying thing. You obviously go go kind of ten men. Um, there was no kind of extra effort to kind of compensate for that um i think with the red card i think you're right i think the, the first one was a really poor challenge um and then the second one really lazy kind of dangling his foot in there and he, he can have no complaints really and it was just i think he just let everyone down with that um it was just again uh, a really stupid tackle to make in front of the ref and yeah <laughs> it's just it, that was kind of the worst possible time as well because actually Yes, we weren't going to win the game. We weren't going to get anything from the game. But maybe if we'd have kept 11 men on, we could have kept the score down a little bit. Um, maybe not. I mean, Cambridge were kind of cutting through us at, at will, really. By far the better team. And, and every time they came forward, they looked like they were going to score. But yeah, I, th- I think he just let everyone down with, with those two challenges, especially in quick succession. Um, maybe it was a bit of frustration. Um, but yeah, there was just no need for it. And um, thankfully, someone else gets an opportunity on Tuesday um, and if it's Issa, you know, it would make sense if, if Issa comes in. Um, hopefully he can keep that spot because, um, as I say, yeah, I'm, I'm not keen on, uh, on Hippolyte. Uh, right, let's look at the next one then. I think this one, more than more so than any others, I think we're quite glad that uh, Matt Ellis is probably not here because we would this episode would go into tomorrow if uh, if he was here for this one. Yeah, so this goal, this is a real disappointing one, isn't it? Because it's two on three and it's sort of a bit of a break and he gets just into the box. He, now he hits the shot at some pace. He has got some power behind it, but it, I mean, it just goes underneath Watson and it's through his legs, I think. And it's just, that is basic. I mean, that is just basic goalkeeping to just stop that. And it's like when you, you know, when you're doing stuff like that, however bad the rest of the day is, and however more that we've let in, when you're just letting in goals like that, you know, what chance do we actually have? It was, it was absolutely shocking. Um, and I think that just kind of 
sums it up really. Um, I think we gave him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's had a good performance, one good performance this season. But again, he's going back to costing us goals. There was the one in the first half where he got really lucky that, that their lad was offside. And he obviously spilled that one straight into the path of their striker. Uh, and that one, as you say, is just a routine save. And I think, again, um, it, it just shows he's not good enough. He's not good enough to play in the Football League. Um, he may be OK in, in non-league, but um, yeah, just he's just not good enough. And he's costing us goal after goal. Um, it's been the same for the last couple of years. And again, the club have put the trust in him. Peter Swan's put the trust in him, said he's, he's a decent keeper and, and that he likes him and he thinks he's going to come good. But... It just never happens, does it? And I think he, he can maybe take a step forward like he did in the Carlisle game and, and make some fantastic saves, but then he just shoots himself in the foot. And uh, there's, there's no wonder Matt gets annoyed. Um, you know, I, I know he, he maybe does go on a bit over the top at times, but um, I completely agree with him. I think um, it's time that we get an experienced keeper in. I think that's, for me, that's the next position we've got to fill. Um, and there's got to be someone out there better than Watson. Yeah, I think it's, like I said in the, the piece that I wrote for you guys on uh, about him in the summer, you know, Swans came out, hasn't he, and said that he's, he's going to be our number one this season. You know, when time and time again, like, like I've said on the, the defence and the full-backs, it's an obvious position that we've, we need to strengthen in. We know there was probably now we're looking at it, there was a reason why, why Hall let him go and went, he went down and played for North Ferriby because, no offence to him, that's probably Rory, Rory's level. You know, he's had one good standout performance in the time that I can remember watching him play for, for Scunthorpe United. It, and that's that's quite sad to say about a goalkeeper. You know, they, they keep you in games, you know, and, and, and Rory just doesn't seem to do that. The lad's just, you know, he's taking it in. And like you said, Brad, he's, it's three on two, isn't it? And he's just hit it hard. And Rory shouldn't be letting that in from there. It's just dropped into him. You would expect any goalkeeper, really, at any any standard at his near post to either, you know, catch that, save it, you know, whatever, push it out. And it's just... It's not good enough, and on, on a day where where all things went wrong, it was just it just added to our woes, didn't it? To think, oh, even Rory, it's not going to be his day. So it's yeah, sad to watch, really. And we know it's a position we we needed to strengthen in, and that that just furthers that point, really. That he's, I'm afraid he's another one that we had to that list. He's he's not good enough, is he? Unfortunately, and and that's that. Well, I think when you're looking at um, you know bringing people in, and I would agree, I think goalkeeper is the next position that we need to sort out. I think the one thing that goes in our favour with that is I think the goalkeeper is a position where you can have you know a bit of a slightly older player that whereas you know in other positions on the field you think oh no they should have stopped by now, but I think so long as they can still do the job you know I think that is a role where you can have a bit older so I think where a player a goalkeeper might have been released from another club I've got a feeling there might be one or two out there that might be worth a punt yeah, I think there is I mean I looked earlier there's there's obviously um, Mark Howard I think Luke Steele uh, you know there's there's a few there's a few that will be um, an improvement uh, even Andy Lonergan you know he's been around I think he was at Liverpool last year as, as their kind of third choice just to fill the quota of British players or whatever, but um, yeah, even someone like that um, surely would be would be worth a deal until the end of the season. Um, just organise the defence a little bit more, talk them through it a little bit because I think that's what what we're lacking at times as well. Um, but I think Matt's right. I think he's had enough opportunity now to kind of um, prove that he's good enough at, at this level. And sadly, he comes up short every time. Um, and I think you know, I feel sorry for him. I, I thought actually this season without the fans um, he may improve because 
I know the fans at Scunny, you know, they can be quite quick to turn on players in the stands and, and get kind of on the back quite early in games. And, and I think not just Watson, actually, you think of uh, Anik and, and a couple of others that we've had in, in recent years. I think it did get to them all. And it certainly got to some of the defenders we've had in, in the last few years. So I was hoping that with fans not being there, it might take a little bit of pressure off him. But unfortunately, you know, it's the same old mistakes. As I said, we had the warning in the first half. Then in, in the second half, we've, we've had another, you know, another calamity. And um, yeah, I, I, sadly, I think it's time that um, we do look for another keeper. Um, you know, we've been saying it for so long. Surely other people at the club can can see this. Um, and I think you're right. I think it is an, it's an experienced keeper we need. Someone that's got a lot of games under the belt. And I'm sure, surely now that the club must be looking um, because, you know, we, we've had a lot of opportunity to get someone else in. Um, we've relied on kind of Watson and, and obviously this year, um, well, sorry, last year we had we had Eastwood in there to help. But again, inexperienced and and this year we've got two even with even less experience um kind of underneath um so you know if anything does happen to Watson if he gets injured or anything like that the other two you know we've seen bits of them in in games I don't think they're up to the standard either so you know we we kind of we're gambling a little bit I mean obviously Watson I think we will all agree that um, we need to kind of improve in that area. But if Watson then gets injured and, and you're down to two young lads that have never played a professional game, um, you know, it's, it's a massive problem. And, um, you know, it's, hopefully it's one that we can, we can rectify sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, there's one more goal to have a look at before we're finished with this game. And again, there's another really disappointing one. It's just a cross in and it's just a free header, isn't it, from the player? I think it's Ironside, isn't it, gets the last one. It's just a free header. And again, you look at people blaming each other for this one. I think you've got Corner and Badeau looking at each other on there saying, you know, you should have been on him, you should have been on him. But from their point of view, just dead easy. And it's just, again, you know, it's another one where it's like, even when it's it's gone, they're just they're just carrying on. They're just scoring goal after goal. And we've seen this the last couple of games. Yeah, it's just just walk through us, don't they, again. And there's, there's, there's no fight. It's, it's all gone by then. It's been, it's been sucked out of us. And, and it, it gets to that point and, and, and the ball comes into the box. And like you say, we've got two, two centre-halves on the pitch that, you know, he's just been allowed to waddle into the box and, and he just taps that one in, doesn't he? It's it's so simple. It goes down to, you know, your basics, you know, it, even at those positions, you get back in, you're into, into your guard. I know we're a man down and whatnot and, and, and you know, that, that'll change our shape and change where players are, etc. and stuff like that. But it's just schoolboy stuff, isn't it? It's really sickening to watch and how, you know, the defenders are just, you know, you stood ball watching, aren't they? And looking at each other, trying to find an excuse, you know, why aren't you? Why, who is it? Whose man is it? And we've just seen that so many times this season when a ball comes. It, it was a reoccurring theme for me every every time the ball came into the box or every time something happened yesterday, it was chucked into there and instantly I, I started to panic. And that's just the way we are defensively at the moment, you know, that, the, the youngsters, you know, we haven't got an experience like we have in the in the past seasons with with even Rory McArdle or, or somebody like that, you know, that's played a lot of games. You know, they know how to man manage these situations. Fair play, we, we, we was down and out by that point, but it's just it comes down to pride, doesn't it? And just doing the basics right, and and even for that goal, we, we've not done that at all. And it's it trickled in, and it's another one. So 
Right, so that's 5-0 then. That's how this one ended up. And just before we you know, look ahead and maybe have some reflections on the game as a whole, I just want to read out a few comments that we had sent to us because obviously, as you'd imagine, the game like this, we get sent quite a lot of bits. Uh, so yeah, let me just read one or two out here that just sums up, I think, the mood and how people were reacting to that. Um, one from Mitt Hempstock here. He says, I bought my season ticket early to help the club out. I now feel let down by the chairman, the manager and the team. It's embarrassing to watch uh, Thomas Wright for the first time in 20 odd years I feel indifferent about the club we struggled in 0304, but I always felt behind the players and staff as they showed fight now I find it difficult to relate to the club identity when the turnover of players and staff, uh, staff is so rapid and there's no clear plan um, yeah, you know, Lee Martin as well here. Where the hell do we go from here? Confidence shattered in the players. Who will want to sign for us? Totally shocking how far we've fallen. And another one here, uh, Andy1500 uh, says, uh, we've got to look at the chairman, changing managers far too often, buying players who are not up for it. I fear for my club, supported them for almost 50 years and had never felt so low. Uh, and then another one a little bit more specifically in terms of uh, the post-match uh, reaction it says after listening to the Cox interview last night and the ones in previous weeks I feel he's losing the dressing room already the way he was talking last night sounded like he, he was almost fed up with football and the attitudes of the young players nowadays and yeah I think that's that's quite a fair comment and but that that was a selection of quite a lot I think we had about like 50 odd comment sent to us just on the Twitter page you know so it's the mood after the game was very low, let's be honest. And I see I see it's lifted ever so slightly with Junior Brown coming in today. But again, that's like, it's patching over stuff, isn't it? I mean, it's I've seen a lot of people yesterday saying that actually for the first time, they genuinely are starting to worry about if the club, you know, will exist after this season. I mean, is that an overreaction? But I can... I can sort of see where they're coming from now. Yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. I, it's, it's a very difficult one. And I think the most concerning thing for me is we've got fans that have been, been supporters for, for a very long time. You know, so we're talking 50, 60 years that have absolutely disgusted with, with what we're seeing, um, what's happening to the club. It just, at the moment, it just feels like there's, there's a cancer at the club. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's difficult um, to get out of that. And I know we spoke about it when we was in League One and, and we kind of said pretty early on that it looked like it was heading one way and it looked like that it could be relegation. And even though we had this time and we had so much time to, to turn it round, we just couldn't get out of it. And, and as Matt calls, you know, the death spiral and, I think we're we're in danger of that again. To be honest, it's really difficult to watch. I mean, yesterday's game. It's I don't know. It, I, th- I think fans are just kind of losing interest. I think mm-hmm. because you're not been able to go to the games, because the social side's gone. Um, you know, you sat at home, you, you're watching it, and and you just want to turn off after. So sort of, as soon as you go a goal behind, you, you just know we're not going to come back from it, and and it's just deflating and. Um, yeah, there's so many people I know that have been fans for, for many, many years that they're just questioning whether it's it's worth it anymore. Um, and that's a really, really sad state of affairs. Um, and unfortunately, obviously, we're at a stage now where, where we can still do something about it. Obviously, there's players um, out of contract that we might be able to bring in and, and help turn things around. But again, I just think this should have been done in the summer. I think as I said earlier, I think it was an oversight not to bring in some experience. 
Um, I completely understand the, the need to kind of bring players through and, and try and kind of develop players and, and move them on and, and sell them for profit, which is kind of what we, we always sort of did under Wharton. But yeah, there just doesn't seem to be much idea when, when we bring these players in. I mean, we've got so many players in the building at the moment. You know, you can only play so many. I know we need a big squad going into this kind of run of games. Um, I know players are going to get chances. Uh, but there's players kind of on the on the sidelines that they're rarely going to get an opportunity this season. I'm thinking Andy Dales and, and people like that. And it's not good. You know, we, we've got enough for two sides, maybe more. They're going to get fed up soon. And, and there's no way we can get them out before January unless you pay them up. Um, and I, I just think we're kind of heading towards a point where I think the the guy that, that texted in about the um, you know players maybe maybe turning on Cox already and, and losing the dressing room, I think we are going to get to that stage relatively quickly because we've got so many players at the club that are going to get fed up, they're not getting chances. I mean, I saw a great comment basically that if, if you're a player at Scunthorpe and you're not getting an opportunity now, then it might be time to rethink the, your career choice <laughs> because, um, you know, we, we're so bad at the minute and uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a tough watch. I've, I've kind of lost for words, really, uh, about the current situation. Um, well, the, well, this is what, listen, this is what I put to you, actually, because, yeah, I, I completely see where you're coming from with the, the interest side of things. And I've had, I've had a number of people, same as you, supported them for many, many years, you know, saying that they're just not bothered anymore. And you're quite right, because obviously, you, you know, we are watching them online now. You, you, in theory, you can just switch off, can't you? I, I mean, I do wonder... You know, we obviously we've seen them. We've seen every game so far this season because you know we can. If we weren't doing this, would you be inclined to watch the next couple? I mean, I know I'm I'm at work on Tuesday, and normally for the Tuesday games, I'd swap my shifts or I'd you know start at a different time so I could see it. I'm not doing that this week. Yeah, it just it just emulates really what Matt says and, and what the, the tweets and and the general feeling amongst amongst the club and and these fans that have supported us for for so many years. You know you we do become disillusioned and, 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 you know, this switch off mentality, we don't really care about it anymore. And that, that comes from, you know, from the players and, and, and the fans and, and, and us as a whole, really. And it's, it's disappointing. We, you know, we can't go into football grounds at the moment. We know that we, we have to watch and whatnot. And I agree with you, Brad, you, you just, you just get to that stage, don't you? Where you, you know, Oh, here we go. Same old story again. We've, we've gone one behind, you know, we've fallen into it and it's it's been the same for, for years really and it's it's really sad you know such exciting times recently when when we've been there or or, or near abouts you know from from what we were promised when uh, when Peter Swan came to this club and, and and where he wanted us to be in this this projection and you look really at the, the massive players like you say that we've turned over and that have gone on to to achieve better things by leaving this football club and I, I think that's starting to you know to speak volumes that you know if we're trying to bring players in, you know, the word gets round of all, we've fallen straight down, you know, we've got a huge squad here that, you know, they come to promise a certain thing and, you know, that they're sat and they don't play and, you know, a move comes and maybe it's, you have to go to Scunthorpe in order to go on to better yourself. And that's really sad to say from, from a fan's point of view. And it, it's upsetting to, to think, you know, we're down there at the bottom of, of league two suffering, watching this kind of football and, you know where where does it really where does it go from here? You know we're going to bring players in obviously, and if we can, and 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 if we can allow to with with, with free agents and, and and like Matt says, what we can we can find is is and around there and who wants to come here. But 
for this season now, you know, you would think the priority is, you know, we've got to keep us above that that little that scary point of of falling down. You know, I was this season hoping, as you do, you know, new manager bounce. You know, they're saying all the right things about playing football and playing it the right way, playing with pride, praying for this shirt and everything. We bring some young hungry players in, of course, yeah, in areas we didn't want to, but. I, I was hopeful, and, and and you think how far we're into the season now? Seven, eight games. It's it's just been distinguished straight like that. You know, it's it's a plummet back down to reality with with things that we already knew were going to go wrong. We were just plastering over cracks, weren't we? From from what's already happened and and the mass turnover of, of players, it probably was going to happen. And you know, I, I've started to see people on Twitter turn against Cox, and that, that's not nice to see for a man that's you know just come into his first job on his own. You know, he's, he's trying to figure out what he's supposed to do, what he wants to do in the game. And his decisions at times have been baffling. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but you can only hope and, and pray to Will that something will get better. We've got some key players to come back and that's all really that's, that's keeping me going at the moment, that things hopefully, you know, will will take a turn for, for the better. But and, until that happens, it's I live in hope really with, with Scunthorpe at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, I think as you're right there, Matt. I think there are been there is moments where he's not exactly helped himself with, I, I guess, formations and substitutions, things yeah. like that. But I think we are at a, you know, we're still a long way off talking about questions about Cox at the minute. I think, um, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. But you, I mean, well, let's look ahead slightly. We've got Cheltenham on Tuesday, Exeter the week after. Again, two tough teams. You look at this points. You know, you compare it to last time around, isn't it? And you talked about the death spiral there, Matt. And it's like I feel like I, I I feel less confidence in the team now than I did then, and we know what happened last season, you know. And it's and it's just you know we we mentioned it this week with Cambridge coming up, but Cheltenham and Exeter, it's tough sides again, you know. And I, I just I genuinely I don't see where the wind's coming from. No, um, no, I think you're completely right. Um, I think it's going to be another couple of disappointing results. I just hope maybe. I just can't see Brown being fit and, and ready. Uh, he's obviously missed pre-season. I don't think he's going to be coming straight into the team. So I think we're going to have the same sort of issues. I think we're going to have the same or a similar lineup. Um, maybe maybe a few um, players coming in. Maybe Olamola will be ready. Players like that. But it's it's defensively that we're seeing the issues time and time again. Um, and I don't think we're going to be able to rectify that by Tuesday. Uh, I can't see anyone else coming in by then. And, and again, even if we do manage to get players in, will they be will they be fit? I doubt it. So, um, yeah, more of the same, I think, unfortunately. Um, I'll still be watching, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as Matt was saying, we do live in hope, don't we? And you never know, we might turn it around. Maybe this time next week we're talking about six points, but uh, who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, the laugh says it all, doesn't it? Uh, right, let's end it there then, I think. Thank you very much for listening to this and sending us all your comments and your questions. Do appreciate that. Um, I say listening to this, I think probably sitting through it is probably a more accurate reflection of uh, the response to this. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Cheers to Matt for joining us. And we'll be back next weekend where we look at the Cheltenham game, the Exeter game, and of course, any news that's happened in the week. At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients, and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. 
If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.